Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this post-game podcast with me, Jake and the usual double act, Jimmy and Ollie. Uh, we're also joined by a member of the last North End team to make the championship playoffs, Miller. Thanks for coming on, Neil. Much appreciated. Shame it couldn't have been in better circumstances. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It seemed a long time ago, doesn't it? Now that last time, yeah, shit playoffs. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, thank you very much for coming on. Um, yeah, that, it wasn't great, was it? Disappointing. Uh, I think it's disappointing on the back of that result the other day as well against Cardiff. Because you're looking at Cardiff, you're looking at Derby. They've now put themselves in a position for the playoffs, and you're thinking. Zero points out of them two games is, um, is, I suppose, it's a little bit of a blow because you look at the playoffs and Preston have looked at the playoffs pretty much all season and thinking they've got a really good chance of, of being in those positions. And when you get in and around it and you start to slide away the way Preston are, it then becomes a little bit frustrating and disappointing. Whereas if you just said to Preston fans at the start of the season, you're what, four points off the playoffs with, what is it, six games to go, yeah. I think a lot of fans would have probably taken it. Because Preston have been in such a good position, I think that's what makes it disappointing. The last two games have sort of compounded that against rivals. Just a question from from me to you, obviously having played and like we said, you you got into the playoffs in the championship. Do do you feel that there becomes a point in in the season where if things are going like they are now for North End, the players do actually start to notice it. They come out in the press and they say X, Y and Z, but I mean, we've spoken about it on here that it feels it feels sometimes like the players are just saying what they think the want the fans want to hear. But do you think internally that there comes a point where the players do start to pick up on it all, and it does affect performances despite what is said in public? I, I, I mean, I watched that first half, and I watched the game against Cardiff, and I saw Preston lacking confidence, lacking belief. You know, you're looking at it thinking you can say they didn't create a lot, but I'm looking at the safe option rather than someone really trying to be brave. And you may lose the ball, but you may try and open up that defence. Not that Preston did that well enough tonight against Derby. I think Derby were well organised. And we have to remember Derby, the most informed team in the Championship. But I just feel as though confidence plays a huge part in that. Preston, mm-hmm. on the back of the defeat against Cardiff, are thinking, is that playoff dream slipping away? I think the players will be hurting because they want to be in the playoffs. Of course they do and they've been up in the mix all season. But um, yeah, it's. Um, I think you can see the confidence is lacking it in the players at the moment. Said it to my mate who's a Derby fan. It's completely, the team's completely unrecognisable from what we saw in August and September just going for the kill. Um, I think if you look at how we set up at five o'clock, we were just, just quite a negative 11 for what you'd call probably a must-win game, I'd say. Um, up to last 20 minutes I think we improved a bit but more because we just chucked a few attackers on and hoped for the best really but yeah I think confidence is a massive issue now yeah I think the other thing was that we had plenty of possession in that second half but it was without purpose you know you can play the you can play the ball without being positive I think what you just said Neil was spot on because we didn't actually 
you know, if you look at what we've actually created, we've not created anything despite having the ball for 60% of the time in the second half. It just didn't have a purpose and it was very much a continuation from, from Saturday, really. You know, you can have the ball all you want, but if you're not going to do anything positive with it, then it sort of defeats the object, especially in the position that we're in. I think looking at the game, you're thinking, what's the best chance? What's the best chance Preston have created there in that game? One shot on target, which was Potts's hopeful effort, would you say, from distance, which was yeah. comfortably safe. Not yeah. many keepers are going to let that in. What was the really good chance we thought could have done better there? There wasn't enough of them. And the the only Preston, one for me that probably not got me off my seat, but made me sort of react somewhat was Rudd's chance right at the end. Harrop fling went into the box, then either keeper made a bit of a flat. Um, mm. Yeah, the look didn't go as well. A couple of second balls, you're thinking, if that could have fell to a Preston shirt. Barkays, and when he, he get, does really well in injury time down the right and side, can he square it? Mm. Picks out a defender. You know, that final ball could have been, you know, could have been the difference for a, a chance, but it, it wasn't to be. And we have to remember that Derby's goal was a wonder goal. You know, yeah. that goal from Rooney was, was, was a top class strike but they did have better chances which they didn't take but that was that was a top goal from Rooney. just on that then do you, do you think do you think the ref was right to give a free kick no it's not a foul there's no way that's a foul I mean I'm an attacking player and of course I want a foul in that position but I think I think Huntington's done enough to get his body in front and I think it was Sibley wasn't it he was sort of going yeah. down and you don't expect he was, on, he was on his way down wasn't he anyway he was on his way down I think he just Got. Very soft. That's, yeah. it's not, it's not, I think, but, but Huntington then stands on him, doesn't he? And, and, and yeah. I, I sort of thankfully there's no VAR because that could have been a long game with down to ten men. But it's not a foul in, in the build-up initially for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a retrospective ban for Hunts. In all honesty, well, it will be because of, of the meal that's been made out of it. It is, it is naughty by Hunts. So let's not beat be around the bush. But if that's a normal game on a three o'clock Saturday that's not on TV. Yeah. I don't think it's probably one of those that it would get brushed under the carpet. Yeah. You know, it would get forgotten about. But because it's on Sky and it, it, you know, you're on a 12 camera game rather than a, you know, a one, then it's everyone. Everyone's seen it, so he's going to get a ban for it. I think we all know it's coming. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating the fact that it wasn't a free kick and that's the goal they've scored. Because yeah, they've they've created more than us, I think. But as soon as it's one nil, they, they can play possession football because they don't need to attack. They don't need to. Carver's open like yeah. they would if it was nil nil. I think they were quite happy to just let us have the ball as soon as they basically weren't one up. Um, yeah, I think we saw Galley quite a lot in the first half, just as the spare man, just picking up the ball around the halfway line. And they were just sat in a nice little four four two and just let us have the ball because I don't think the players that we started with are players that you'd necessarily want to have a lot of possession. Mm. So I think Derby, Derby were just quite comfortable as, as soon as he scored. I think. Missing Daniel Johnson as well. I don't know. Did we find out the reason for that? Why he wasn't in the squad or not? No, I think um, him and Fisher were both doubts going into it. So obviously, probably just missed out. But I think he's been our best player since since in the in the past couple of games. He's our only player that looks like creating something. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and that's a worry though because you you play you with the plays you've got tonight. You look where the goal's coming from and you just can't see it. You know, you just can't. You know, if you look at Saturday as well, we've scored a goal that's from a knockdown and then a block shot. It's not like we've created loads on Saturday either. I know we've had Nugent's and Harrop's late chances, but the game's gone by then. You know, we're not creating. We're not creating opportunities when there's something riding on the game, and that's I, I, concerning. I don't want to go on about defences because I'm not a big fan of it all. 
uh, the, the, you know, obviously clean sheets and all that. But with the 17 home games without a clean sheet, you, you're not going to get in the playoffs with, with a record like that. I was there for the last one. Brentford at home. By the way, Brentford had some chances that day. They played uh, 3-5-2 and Canos had loads of opportunities. That was our last, that was Preston's last clean sheet at mm-hmm. deep down in the league and uh, and that's a concern because then you're putting more pressure on the attacking players like you say, not creating enough chances, not scoring enough chances but they know that there's more pressure on them because there's too many goals going in at the other end unfortunately. Yeah, we said it last week Darby on the pod. Go on Jimmy. We said it last week on the pod didn't we that <coughs> For us to have to score two goals to win a home game isn't good enough. You know, we're reliant on having to score twice to even get three, get a chance of getting three points. You know, and I think that's that's not sustainable either because you know we need to tighten up. And, and I know it's it's frustrating tonight because it's not a free kick, and you could probably say it's a different game if it remains nil nil at that point. Um, but. We've got to we've got to tighten up. I know he's made changes tonight at the back, and I thought Hunts did okay. I thought Rafferty was okay. I just didn't think they had a partnership between them. You know, he, he was he was very limited going forward as well, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he's crossing from deep, but he's, we're always crossing from deep, aren't we? We, we missed Darnell there tonight for me. Yeah, I was just a bit disappointed with with the eleven. I know we made changes, so a couple of them were probably enforced, but. If you look at the, the eleven that started, probably only Sinclair and Nugent, you'd say, sort of natural attackers. And for what you... I reckon it was probably a must-win game that tonight, so it was a little bit disappointing. I thought Harrop looked bright when he came on. I think he always looks quite bright, Harrop. Um, Maguire did well as well. I thought they all did all right. I thought Barky, Barky has attacking intent, doesn't he? So just a little bit disappointed with... I thought it was a little bit of a negative setup, probably concentrating on trying to press Derby or whatever. But I think surely on Saturday he's, he's got to go for it from the start, really. Yeah, it's like we said last week, though, mate. He's concentrating on his op- on the opposition rather than concentrating on what we're good at. Yeah, because at the start of the season we we just attack teams, and it's it's a case of do what we're good at well, you know, in the right areas. Actually, focus on what Preston are great at. You know, getting the ball down, playing it in in those front four positions that have got mm-hmm. creativity, flair, you know, an attacking mindset. And I looked at the team yeah. today and I was like, he's set up to make sure that Derby don't score rather than making sure that Preston do score. And that's frustrating. Yeah. You know, he's, fo- he's focusing too much on what the opposition are doing and not focusing on what we're good at. And that's a, that's a bad rut to be in. Mm. You know, it's not it's not great. Neil's, Neil's just said in his press conference that Josh Arrett was really unfortunate to miss out. I think based, like you just said, Ollie, based on his performance when he came on. Yeah, you you know what you're going to get though from Harrow. Yeah. He's he's probably going to be a little bit loose on the ball sometimes because he tries to make stuff happen. So you just need that attacking intent, especially when you're in a bit of a rut like we are. Sinclair's probably the player that you're relying on to do something for you. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I just I think he has been unlucky, Josh Harrow, throughout the whole season, really. Yeah, Sinclair's struggled though, hasn't he? He, he just doesn't. Yeah. He just like like we were saying before, whether it's whether it's him struggling to get to terms, get to grips with our system, or whether, like you said, Jimmy, whether it's Neil trying to set us up around Sinclair, I'm not sure which one it is. I'd probably, probably uh, more on your side, Ollie, that I, I think Sinclair's struggling to get to grips with, with what we're doing. But whichever way you look at it, considering uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to base judge a player based off hype. Because yeah. 
hype's nothing really. Yeah. But considering his his pedigree, if you will, I think yeah. everyone expected more from him. Yeah, Neil. I've, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation as a player, but if you've sort of gone to a club like like Sinclair Hearts without kicking a ball for five or six months at Celtics, obviously take you a while to settle in, etc. Do you think that's probably why we're not seeing the best of him? Yeah, I, th- I, I personally think there's more there for the player. Like you say, you're expecting more from his contribution in the games. But the expectation is that he's going to be the match winner every game because yeah. he's come from Celtic. He's, he's obviously uh, come with spent a little bit of the Preston budget from the January transfer window. And you're thinking, got to be creating chances. At the moment, I don't think he's settled in particularly well. But it takes time. I think, you know, judge him over a longer period of time. But unfortunately, in, in today's game, we're all expecting maybe maybe too much in the, in these early um, months. So I think we may see a better player from him next season. Maybe it is the way Preston plays. Maybe he's just adjusting again to English football. Uh, but also that expectation. At Celtic, he was not expected to be the main man at Preston. I think there is that expectation. And it's not always easy for players to deal with that. He's a more mature player than he's ever been throughout his career. But there's definitely more than than Preston I see at the moment, and, and unfortunately, it may be next season when Preston do see that. That's the concern for me. I think there's the pressure of the expectation that I suppose of being the main man. You know, he's, we've obviously broke our way structure to sign him, and obviously it's that bit of pressure coming in halfway through the season as well when you've not played for six months can't be easy either. You know, and we I suppose as fans are thinking, well this is the guy that could potentially get us into the top six um, and beyond. And then you took the three months of lockdown on top of that. Yeah, and <laughs> I think it's... I feel that we're shoehorning him in a little bit, you know, in, in terms of obviously the position he's been playing and he's continually the, has the least touches when he starts a game. It was the same tonight. He's only he's had 32 touches tonight, which is the least of any starting player. And it's, it's, a, continu, it's a continual theme. I think in the last four games now, he's had the least touches of any starting player. So that's a concern to me. The fact that he's—I can't work out if it's he, him not wanting to be in the game, or if we're not getting him in the game ourselves from the players that we've got. Because tonight, I thought we probably looked better in attacking areas without him, which is the first. It, that's a concern, given obviously the salary that we've put him on, and obviously bringing him into the club at, at that sort of expense. Yeah, I think it's hard to adapt as well when you've come from a team like Celtic, who obviously. Best team in Scotland by far, aren't they? Probably still getting to grips of off the ball stuff and and stuff like that. I think he's always just—I don't know if he trusts the players around him. Just seems to want to hold on to the ball a little bit too long sometimes, rather than release it or whatever. So uh, I probably wouldn't start him on Saturday. I know I said you probably need someone like that with that much quality in the team, but probably just bring him off the bench on Saturday. I think as well, it's um, it's difficult to gain an understanding for a new player when the team is always sort of changing. It doesn't feel settled to me, like mm. you're saying there. Nugent's played up top, Stock has had a little run in the side. We've seen uh, Maguire play up top, Marquez, and um, it's continuously changing. So for, for, for Sinclair, he's looking around thinking, I want to try and get that understanding. Is it Fisher behind me? Is it Rafferty? Who do I try and develop this understanding with? And, and He's having that to deal with as well with the continual uh, changes in the selection. Yeah, well, he played on the right tonight, didn't he? And we've seen him in in a kind of a two away at Barnsley and then for the vast majority on the left. So, like you've just said, Neil, trying to fit for a player trying to build up a relationship, not just 
players around him moving around, but also obviously he's he's being chopped and changed a bit as well. Mm. Yeah, difficult, very difficult. I mean, form overall is not very good. Last ten games, lost six, drawn one, won three. Yeah, it's not it's not great. It's, um, we're, we're we're in we're in a rut, aren't we? Neil yeah. said it. I think Neil said it on whenever he did his press, maybe yesterday. He said, "When we lose one game, it tends to fall into three, four, five, six games." Um, I don't know why that is, but we are just in. I think is it five defeats in seven now, or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely five. Yeah, I think it is. So obviously, we're just worst possible time. We just hit shocking form, haven't we? So. I mean, the, the worrying thing as well is he's made five changes tonight and it's just not changed anything. So yeah, I think Huddersfield are winning tonight as well, so that's yeah, got some good players. Forest have just gone one up against Bristol City as well. Um, it's four goals in six games for us. We're not scoring. And I think, Neil, you've, probably, you've hit the nail on the head, really. With us chopping and changing what we're doing up front all the time, there's no... Can, there's no continuation and there's no chance of any any partnerships being formed because of how many changes we're making you know and it's no shock that we've scored four goals in what 540 minutes of football now that's that's not good at any level you know and uh, especially not for a team that's got aspirations of being in the top six of the league so Moves not great is it I've come on the podcast I'm, I was Sorry. hoping for a decent result and uh, there's still six <laughs> games to go win at Uddersfield win it you know Sheffield Wednesday's next and then you can look at the games against Forest and Brentford slightly different it, it, it may be a better position so it's a championship that's the beauty I mean yeah. it, it can change very quickly everyone's down at the moment go to Huddersfield get the three points one point two points off the playoffs and you never know those goals that were, were not coming may just arrive Got to say, I mean. it's frightening, isn't it? That we're, on, that we're four points off the playoffs with six games to go, and you know, all it'll take is possibly four, four wins out of those last six, and you could be right up there because it looks like Forest are obviously nailing, nailing, nailing down that fourth spot. So, there's one spot in probably five or six teams now aiming at it. It'll, it'll take a run, and you know, it's who's got it's all well and good putting a run together now, but it's the final six games where it's going to actually matter. You know, look at the year that we got to the playoffs when you played, Neil. You know, it was those last six games that, that got us there. You know, going mm. to Birmingham on that that penultimate game and you know, lost his free kick and loads of loads of little events that you can't predict. And who knows? We, we could think, be here in a, in a week's time after the, the midweek game next week and we might have got two wins from, from the next team. It's, uh, it's a funny game, isn't it? I, I think Preston want to be in a position, don't you? Last game of the season, going down to Bristol City, having a chance. Yeah, something to play for. Uh, at the moment, like you say, it's, it's a little bit disappointing in the mood and thinking how are Preston going to close that gap to, to the playoff positions. But want to be in a position, it's possible. Um, you look at the games, Forest and Brentford aside, I think the rest are definitely winnable. Yeah. And that Forest game is winnable, but it's a tough game. Yeah, it's what ten days' time. So it's um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting six games because what is it three, three weeks today the season ends? Yeah, three yeah. weeks today. Yeah, that's it's just gonna be chaos, and it's who who has the legs and who has the momentum for me. You know, I know yeah. we're in a bit of a rut at the minute, but there's nothing to stop us. Hopefully, picking up. I just my my worry is I just don't see where the goals are coming from at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, until he has, a, he's got to he's got to somehow. 
put a side together that's going to score goals and is going to create those chances as well because that, that's the thing at the minute I mean the one shot on target at home to Derby tonight that's just not good enough that's not going to get it's not going to get you what you need What's happening with Bowden? Because I like Bowden mate I like Silas so, so do we uh, We all what? like him is, is he fit? Is he, what, is he, he just been Did he come on against Luton for the last few minutes? And then yeah. that's, that's Chuck, pretty much about all we've on, seen of him He chucked him on yeah when Luton scored he chucked, he chucked him on but He'll make something happen. He will make something happen at the final third. I'm an ex-centre forward and I I look at him and think, you'll make something happen for me. Yeah. Well, he he played up front, didn't he, against Forrest earlier in the season and scored. Um, Not sure he's a centre forward, though. No, but like you said, he he probably, him, maybe Josh Harrop as well, are the two that look like from the little we've I think seen they look the like they look games. like they want to attack. Yeah. It's as simple as that, I think. Get, get on the ball and get forward with it. Try yeah. and create something. Yeah. Yeah. Um I've just got a quick one actually. I've seen um I know obviously when you were here and you were played four four two quite a lot. Do you think obviously it's harder playing as a one but when people are fans are crying out for goals now as a player would you prefer playing in a four four two? As a striker, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. It was um, seemed to be in an era where we see a lot of the four three three down with four two three one, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. for me, um, when you're playing two up front, you, you knew out of possession one of you had to drop in and sort of be an extra midfield player anywhere. But anyway, but when you had the ball, it was definitely two up front, and then it made sure there was at least one midfielder getting forward and at least one of the wingers. So you always occupied the penalty area and the defenders. And for me, the amount of time to see, even tonight, news is looking isolated and uh, and it doesn't help the team with that attacking threat. I mean, don't get me wrong, I played two up front many times and was awful and, and we didn't create chances, but um, I always prefer to play in the two. Usually with big John Parker, I had to do a drum yeah. for him <laughs> all, all, all the time. Um, yeah, but we don't tend to see it too often, do we, unfortunately? Yeah. Um, probably worth looking forward to Huddersfield on Saturday. Do yeah. a, little, a little preview of sorts. Yeah, I think they've been in deep trouble, aren't they, Huddersfield? But I think they're, they're looking like they're going to pick up a good win tonight. They're all getting points at the bottom. Luton yeah. and Leeds. Uh, Hull yeah. got a point last week at Birmingham. Um, Bad news for Wigan today, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's been confirmed about the points for this season or next season yet. Yeah, I think they're waiting, aren't they? If yeah, they finish in the bottom three, then they'll deduct them 12 next season. If they finish outside the player, uh, the relegation zone, then they'll deduct them 12 this season. So there needs to be 13 points above the relegation zone to stay up. Yeah. Yeah. They've been going well. Going yeah. well flying, yeah. flying, aren't they? By the way, Second clean breath. sheets. They've had about five or six clean sheets in a row. It gives their attacking players that chance to nick one and you get the three points. Yeah, absolutely. He's done well there, Paul Cook. Is, is, you know, it's one of only four teams we've actually done the double over this season as well. So we've probably played them at the right time, but I think they've gone on this mad run of form since we beat them. It's I think it's nine nine games unbeaten and they've won six of them since we beat them. So fact, by the way, that was my goal of the season that I've seen from Preston um, so far. You may have a different one. The Gallag the Gallag Galley goal against uh, Wigan at home. Absolutely. Oh, oh, what a goal that was. I don't know if you've got a different one, but I thought that was a cracker. Both of our goals at Wigan away were decent goals, weren't yeah. they? Both well worked. Like, really well worked goals. Barnsley yeah. away as well. Was it Barkies yeah. or DJs? Barkies. The the one where there was little interplay around the edge yeah. of the box. Yeah. Yeah, I probably agree. 
probably agree with you, Neil. Oh yeah, Harrop, that was, this was a good one. I saw. Yeah. It'll be in the mix, won't it? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, Huddersfield were a funny side as well. I'm just looking at fixtures and stuff. And have you seen that stat, by the way, about teams in the bottom three? Mm. About clean since lockdown, and since lockdown, every team in the bottom three, when they've played, haven't lost. One five wins and three draws. If you've been in the bottom three, it's like it's like it's re- re- rejuvenating teams. If they fall into the bottom three, they just they're not losing. I mean, I mean look at Luton's form; it's frightening. Well, I'm not. I think that's that's got a lot to do with a manager. I think as well. <laughs> oh, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> There's a show. Yeah, Ollie, Ollie's a big fan of Nathan Jones. Okay. Partially done at Stoke, but that's for another day. Yeah. I, I can't see Huddersfield's result. They're winning three 0 at the minute. Oh, that's why because it's not a confirmed result and it's not a fixture. Beating Birmingham yeah, at home. Yeah, they've won three 0 It's finished. It's a big result that for them, by the way. Takes them up to what the three points off the drop zone, Hull still to play. Before that, they've lost three on the bounce, aren't they? It's a real big wobble. But um, Fraser Campbell scored tonight as well, who obviously was close to joining us in the summer. Mm. So you can probably predict what's going to happen on Saturday. <laughs> and obviously, we've not won there since it's a horrendous start. We've not won there since 1992. So, yeah, but how many times you've been in the same league? Huddersfield haven't been in the same league with Preston a lot of that no, time. I think- I think it's seven games have been there, not one. So, Looking at it, so I never played. I never played there for Preston because because they were League One, and then they eventually went. They went. Did they go bang bang? They went back to yeah. back. I think. Yeah. Or back to yeah. back. Near enough back to back. Anyway. I really like. Um, I really like uh, Carl and Hearn, Grant at Huddersfield. I knew you were going to say that. Scored tonight, didn't he? Did he? I've not seen. I've not seen him yeah. scored, but I think he's. Um, it's a bit like Hugo, I think, the way he plays. But he's a, I think he's a really good finisher as well. So he'll be, uh, I think he's probably scored 17, 18 goals this season. So it'll be a tough, tough one to watch on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I've got some good players as well, to be fair. Yeah, I don't think he's got the, be- the best out of him yet. Personally, look at the squad. They've got a really good squad on paper. And I know, obviously, he joined and they, they didn't start the season well under the previous manager, did they? The, um, the German fella. Yeah. Um, Seabert. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because right? obviously it's all they've won tonight. Because if you if you're playing, if it's two teams that are badly out of form, you know, in terms of ourselves that are winless in I think it's six games now, is it? Um, and obviously they lost three on the bounce before tonight. It's probably a different game, but that might give them a bit of, a bit of confidence going into Saturday's game. It's, it's a championship; anything can happen. Home advantage goes out the window now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much. Non-existent. What do you think then? Prediction, Jimmy. Start Don't with start you me. again. Don't start with me. It's the first one I've got right tonight. Um, we'll turn it round. We'll go for the one with a with a one-nil win. We'll we'll stop the rot of no clean sheets and we'll actually score. But hey, Neil, can you come on every week? There's a bit of positivity, <laughs> Jimmy. Mate, I've been I've been, I've been the one positive person on this podcast for weeks. Uh, <laughs> Ollie. Yeah. Um, I think it depends massively on like how he approaches the game, but I'd just say two one Huddersfield. I think I think they'll just have a bit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll say two one Huddersfield. Neil, what do you reckon? First goal's the winner. Get the first goal. Get the three points. See if DJ's back. Maybe Barkay's will be fresh to start. Maybe Maguire. Bit of pace there to cause the defence some problems. Get that first goal, 
and then try and hang on for a clean sheet for a change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go would with you, one uh, more. Would you stick with Hunt so would you put Bauer back in on the weekend? So we'll have no back. choice. Um, yeah, it could get banned, couldn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't think about that. Little mix-up early on as well between Hunt and uh, um, Davis when Waggon yeah, went in. Could have been costly. Yeah. Yeah. Either or. Either or. See what his ban is. But, um, yeah, need to try and get a goal first. They're very similar, aren't they, as players? The cert, like the way they play, you know, Bauer's probably the better technical player, but you know what you're getting from Hunts. And I think if Darnell's back in, that'll help the back four. You know, we looked weaker on our right hand side tonight. Mm. But when you when you are having a bad one, what is it? One winning eight now for Preston. You need your more experienced players. Huntington, he'll roll his sleeves up. He'll say to the lads, "He's sort of been there, hasn't he, as an experienced player." And he may get a little bit of a reaction. He'd probably do the same if he was on the bench, no doubt, because he's a great pro and a good lad about the place. So we'll see. Yeah. Right. Well, well good luck at Uddersfield, lads. I won't yeah. be there after Cheers, the Neil. Thank you very I'm much. Sorry, sorry for my first one after the um, <coughs> game. It wasn't a winning winning start, but never mind. We'll get you on again no, in the summer when hopefully there's a bit more to look forward to. Hopefully. Six games to go, lads. Could still be the playoffs. Stay positive. Fingers crossed, mate. Yeah, I've got everything crossed. Thanks for having me. See you later. Yeah, no, cheers, Neil. Thank see you. That, see, see you later. later. Yeah. Cheers. cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. Just so disappointed with how we started the game. Like, just it so baffles me. Like, like you said, he's made he's made five changes, but it doesn't change anything. But they're all they all they're just the negative negative. Like, it's, it's a must win game, Jake. Tonight, it's no, a must no, win I'm game. Just... And we've got two natural attackers on the pitch. It's a must win game. You've got the right hand side. You've got it's, it's, Nugent was fucking horrendous as well. Land to the slaughter Nugent tonight. Absolutely horrendous. Couldn't get anywhere. Couldn't get anywhere near Matt Clark tonight. Had the easiest games ever had. Do you remember when Nugent came to play played against North End? It was either last season or the season before for Derby. No, no, it was Friday exactly, night. Possibly, and he, he played about an hour. Played about a similar length of time as he did tonight, and he did the same in that game as he did tonight. Tried to play a little bit deeper to try and get on the ball but it just doesn't work because his legs have gone he was making movements tonight that he tried to make 10 years ago 10 years ago they came off because he had that five yard five yards he was fucking lightning and he was you know it, that's what that's the one quality that Nuge had above any other player in this league when when, he, when Nugent was great now he doesn't have that so he's in his head he's still got it but physically, physically he hasn't, and that's the frustrating thing. You know, it's that's what I, I can't get my head around why he's played him tonight. I, I genuinely think it's a Craig Emmons is in the stand. You know, it's proving a point. It's like this is the lad that you signed us. Sick, and that's why I played him for an hour. Prove a point. It's like you've you've given you've given me shit to play with. Yeah, you could, feel, tell, you could tell something had gone on when. Uh... On the side, Nugent was giving it back. But uh, it's one of them, isn't it? It's like there's a lot of people, a lot of players tonight that unfortunately just went through the motions. You know, it's like mm. 
we're fighting for a top six spot. You know, you win tonight, you're a point behind Cardiff. Just didn't see that. We didn't approach the game. Drive. We didn't approach the game like if we won, we'd be one point off a player. We did not no, approach. Absolutely. Yeah. It starts with the manager. And it goes yeah. through the team. It goes. Yeah. The, you know, absolutely. I, I look at individuals from tonight. I thought Potts did all right. You know, he did a, did the job that he was intended to do. I thought, um, I thought, yeah, I thought Potts did okay. But apart from that, I'm going through lineup and I'm like, did okay, did all right. You know, Galley mm. did all right. Pearson did okay. He, he had his hands full with Sibley that first half, which which limited us because it meant that we couldn't play through Pearson. You, so, you're yeah. looking at that lineup, aren't you? And you're going, well, no one's really put a foot wrong, but that's not. Yeah, good enough. but if you look you, at you that look, 11, you're looking for players to come and create something. Exactly. If you look at that eleven, there's only there's only St Clair is going to create some out of nothing there. Mm. But yeah, I think. I think Here's a question for you. Do you think Alex Neal trusts his squad? No. No, we've said this. We've said this. can't remember how good it was. But Recently? No, it was when, probably, it was when Dan was still on the podcast. So it's going back a while. No, we've said it recently. You've said it recently as well. He needs to start trusting his squad and putting yeah, some trust in the, goes, in the goes squad back players. Month, goes back months and months, this, this issue with trusting the same few players that... Obviously, Bayless ain't on the bench tonight again. Bowden doesn't get on the pitch. Harrop probably should start the game, gets 20 minutes. I mean, he's, he's just... He's gone. It's safe again. It's it's so... It's like we've got to win this game tonight and he's set up to to put two men on Derby's two deepest midfielders. So he's gone with Potts and Brown as number 10s to take Burden really out of the game. Obviously, Pearson's matched off with Sibley. And then the only real tactic we've got to attack is get Galley as a free man on the ball and just look for a diagonal somewhere. That is mm. our attacking approach tonight. And it's just, when you've got players, when you need to win a game, you've got positive players like, I know he divides opinion, but Harrop, you've got Barkey on the bench. Obviously, we don't know what his fitness situation is. Um, you've got Bowden on the bench, who's not even come on. Um Obviously, Barky, Harrop, Maguire, Bowden, they're probably our foremost instinctive attacking players and none of them are on the pitch. And he's mm. it's, it's, it's not changed anything at half-time, which was a little bit surprising. And then he's probably waited till the 65th, 70th minute to make any bold changes. It's just it's, it's too late by that point. And, it, and as mm. we said the other day, and as I said to you two before, the last 15, 20 minutes just becomes... Just a mess. Yeah. Just yeah. a mess. Because it just gets desperate. I think Maguire, Barkey and Harrod came... did all right tonight. They were lively. You know, mm. that's... We look like creating stuff when we got those three on the ball. However, you, Alex Neal's got to look at himself tonight. I think that team selection... I, I, I got putting... I get putting Rafferty in. I, I actually... I understood it. Because if that, if Darnell can't get through 90 minutes, you've got to put someone there. And you probably want Brown as a running 10 tonight if DJ's not fit. So I get that. I get putting Brad Potts in because it's a Brad Potts sort of game. I get that. You know, he's probably going to put Galley back in because it does need a, a degree of creativity. But putting Nugent up front, the thing, it just the makes thing for no that sense. You, no you both said it at the weekend and, and I couldn't bring myself to agree with you because I just thought there's no way he can do it. But he's done it. But it's, like like it's you said, Jimmy, it's... it's it's predictable, but I like to think that, although at this point, 
who knows? Is it maybe a case of he's he's trying to prove a point and saying, like you said, this is this is the player that you've signed. It must be. I, I don't understand any other reason why he'd start him. He was a lamb to the slaughter tonight. You might as well, there's no point putting him in the team because it didn't it didn't even reflect in the way we played. You know, because we're playing with running tens, we're playing trying to play a high press. And he's coming deep play, all the time. You don't play a thirty-five-year-old up front when you're trying to play a high press. <laughs> Makes no fucking sense. It, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Let's no, 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 no. I'm laughing you're at Ollie. I'm laughing at Ollie's. I know. I seen him. He's like, it's like it just makes no sense. Fucking, it's just stupid. There's nothing else to say on it. It's just, it's just completely. It's just. There's, there's no real excuses for it. It's, yeah, it's just, just one of them. Just speeches at this point, really. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason I asked that question about Alex Neil trusting his squad is, it comes back to the fact of his recruitment as well, because it's players that he's recruited or that he's been manager of the team. So ultimately, he'll get the flack if this team doesn't perform. Yeah. Some of the players might have been forced on him and they might they might not be his first choices, but he's the manager. It's always going to come back down to him and it, he'll fall on his sword eventually, unfortunately, because yeah. he is the manager. And I, I just I worry now because it's these next six games, I want us to be positive and I do want us to get results. Of course we do, we're fucking Preston fans. Of course, we want us to get the results out of the next. You know, we want to get eighteen points. We're out Preston next fans, and we've all we've all backed Alex Neil. Yeah. especially I mean. on here. Yeah, we have. We yeah, backed absolutely. him all the way. All the way, we backed him since since day one. Really, we've all backed yeah. him. You can only you can only comment on what you're seeing. And at the minute, it's we are just stuck in a rut. And I know you said there, Jimmy, and I probably agree. Um, we have to go with two running tens tonight, but. You could have put Harrop as one of them. You could have. You could have just tried it. Yeah. You could have, Give him yeah. sixty minutes. You, put Harrop, you can put Harrop on there. I would have left Brown out for now. You can put Harrop and Potts in there. You can play Maguire off the left, Barky up front, Sinclair on the right. Straight away, it's so much more positive. But it's it's. I don't know what it is. If it's if it's trying to prove a point or whatever, or if it's genuinely just Alex Neil stuck in just just a rut himself. The thing is, if, um, he, if he's trying to prove a point, then he's, like we, like you just said, then Ollie, he is going to fall on his sword eventually because you prove yeah. a point and if if any North End fan has anything about them, they know that things at the top end of the club haven't changed for the best part of a decade, if not longer. Yeah, and I think we've had a, we've had a couple more questions tonight with uh, Alex Neil in or out and mm. I'll just it's, make it clear now, it's, I'm, it's firmly Alex Neil in for me. But you can still criticise a manager. Yeah. It, it's, it's it like doesn't have to come down to in or out. It doesn't. Have, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be you're firmly in one camp or the other. You can you can just comment as you see it. And I've been a massive fan of Alex Neil, and I still am. I think he's a very good coach. But some of his decisions have been baffling, and it's mm. probably is going to cost us in the end. Um, yeah. So someone that, that I've been with tonight was calling for Simon Grayson to come back. You know exactly who it is, Ollie. You've met him before. What do you think about that? Well, I think we all know us well. Simon Grayson's like my dad. I love him to bits. And you, and I've seen people saying we're no better now than we are under Grayson. And I think that's a little bit of recency bias because I think in general under Alex Neil we've been a, a lot, lot better football-wise. There's no point going over all ground with, with Simon Grayson. Um, it's obviously just frustration from the fans. Mm. I think the other thing is that 
Alex Neal just doesn't seem to be learning from his mistakes. And he's got an experienced team around him. You know, Frankie McAvoy, um, Steve Thompson, Jonathan Gould, very experienced ex-professional footballers. Especially and, Tomo as well. Tomo's been here for a long time now. Well, it's 2013, isn't it? Mm. Um, Tomo's been here since. And my concern is we're not learning from these mistakes. We're, we're, make, and we're making some rash decisions. You know, and to, to try and get a result from a football game, putting Jaden Stockley on tonight for Ben Pearson was rash. Yeah. And well, apparently, shape. apparently Pearson's gone off with a knock, hasn't he? But to bring well, Stockley, there's other options. There's other options. To yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's Stockley. what I'm saying. That's that's desperation tactics, and it, we lost our shape completely for ten minutes when Jaden came on. Yeah, yeah. He, he's put himself about. He's won a couple of headers. He's made a few fouls. It'll you keep know, him in some fans' good books. He's not done anything really. wrong tonight for me. So no, he hasn't. When to you know, he's made a couple of silly fouls, but he's, yeah, he's, he's what you he's expect. A, he's he's yeah. frustrated. He's as frustrated as anyone. Um, yeah. But it's what we've come to expect. For if you put if you put Stocky on, you know what you're going to get, yeah. and you know how the game's going to end up, and that's how it ended up. Yeah, the issue is it just became it became a tactical mess because we had no shape, we had no fluidity, we were just waiting, we were just putting the ball wide and hoping for the best. It's like. Yeah. But we had, we had one little clip, didn't we, where Harrop's put it into an area. And that's all yeah. we've really had from from when Stockley's come on. I think Rafferty had a couple of strains to keep his hands. Brownie's had one. Rafferty's, here, so Rafferty's had most touches on the pitch tonight. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I think if you, look how, if you look how they played, I think they didn't really have any left-sided attacker to dig tonight. Mm. Um, so he's probably worked out that our... Our right backs had the most space on the pitch, and it's just happened yeah. that Rafferty's probably got the least quality on the pitch. So that's just how it's worked out. So. No, I agree. I, I just yeah. don't. It just didn't offer us anything. Like it's, it's a really frustrating performance again. It's like a third pod in a row. We're, we're all frustrated. You know, I, the Alex Neil, Alex, the Alex Neil in or out piece. I'm, I'm not. I'm not either at the minute. I, I think he's got six games to. To hopefully learn, and do I want the manager to leave? No, I'm not saying I do. I don't. But I don't. I'm, three three games ago, well, after Luton, I was like, "Nah, you, you're daft if you think Alex Neil needs to leave." Now I'm just like, "Well, it's your opinion. Everyone's got an opinion." I think at and this point in time, I think personally, he's more likely to he's more likely to leave himself at the end. Leave himself, yeah, I think so. I For think his own I good think, more than anything. Yeah. yeah, I think he looks really frustrated. He looked really frustrated again tonight. Yeah, um, he sounds uh, it. That's, yeah, but that's it was, the big uh, thing. He's coming out in the press and he sounds frustrated. Yeah, let's be honest, he's sounds frustrated after a win, doesn't he? <laughs> True, but I, I generally think he's because I suppose it's our lack of investment in January and our lack of ability to get the targets he might have wanted that's going to cost us yeah simple as that just yeah. just one 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 last thing before we wrap up on recruitment I remember a couple of summers oh, ago mate, this, this isn't going to wrap up on recruitment this is going to last for months if we don't get the top signed, six that's all we're going to talk about all summer recruitment and our lack if, of it if you remember when the, the end of his first season he, he talked about not having enough quality in mm. in the in the whole squad in terms of squad depth, um, the this that first summer that he had after he'd been here for the season, I think we signed Jordan Story and Graham Burke on and made that announcement on the same day, and within a week or two later, we'd obviously we'd signed a few others through through the summer, 
Um, I remember reading a quote from him that he was happy with the quality that we had in depth. Mm. But we're, we're was he ever going to say anything now. else? Though he was never going to say anything else, was he? Yeah, true. I think he did have the depth at that point because if he had at more sign- of it. Yeah, the 10 signings he brought in that summer, well, that season, sorry, he brought in um, Burke, Crow, Hughes, Ledson, Story, Ginelli. Fisher? That, I think that was, that, no, that was first season. Oh, sorry, um, I thought you were on about the first season there. No, this is second season. So we lost Greg and we brought in Burke, Crow, Hughes, Ledson, Story, yeah. Ginelli. And then in the January, that's when we spent money. We spent we spent over 67% of the... Uh, the money in January on Potts, Stockley, Ripley and Rafferty. Yeah. Um, so by the end of that season, yeah, you're probably going to look at your squad and think, I've got quite a bit of depth. I've, probably, I've got a lot of professionals on the books. So at the end of that season, our wage costs were the highest they've ever been. Um, and obviously, he's made the four signings this summer and lost Robinson. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's got depth to his squad, but there's no quality. There's, you're not looking at those people he's brought in, yeah, and thinking, yeah, I've got a t- I've got a nucleus of a team here that's that's going to get us to being a you know a top six championship team. I think I'll just say I think since he's come in, Jake, I think he's lost three really important players as well. Mm. Obviously, Greg Cunningham's probably the best left back I've seen at North End. Hugo obviously speaks for itself. I think he scored his thirteenth goal last night. Um, and then Robinson, who's as good as any attacker, I've seen in, in our attacking lineup anyway since we've been back in the champ. So you lose them three players. Obviously, that's that's nearly a third of your starting eleven diminished. Um, so it's he has he has made signings, but he's lost three very good players as well there. Um. Yeah, there's there's definitely a change of foot this summer, without a doubt. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be um, the manager, but there's players that are clearly going to leave this summer. Mm. Yeah, I think so, early on this season, you, you were looking at maybe two of three from Davis, Pearson, Johnson or Brown going, but now I think there's, there's going to be... I think Johnson's really done himself a lot of good this season. Yeah. Because probably back end of last season, you were thinking... He's a good player, but he's going to get a big move. Now to, to, coin, a... to coin an odd phrase, he's put himself well and truly in the shot window, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And fair play to him because he's been a good player for us, hasn't he? Don't forget, though, um, there's still people that are driving to Wigan for a million and a half quid. Well, I don't think Wigan are in any position. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true, true. It's <laughs> probably a good job they didn't buy him for a million and a half quid, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, but I think just, just on DJ, I think... I know Neil touched on it before, but um, if you take him and Pearson out of the midfield, there's big, big, big issues, yeah. massive issues. So, well, that's we've got that to look forward to next season. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting summer for us, but he's gonna have plenty to talk about. Well, 18 points still to play for, yeah. So, yeah, it's not over yet. It. It's definitely I, if, not over. If Josh Harrop and Billy Bowden start on a weekend, you can guarantee we'll we'll, we'll have a lot more attacking intent. So that's all I want to see now at the weekend. Just some, just some attacking intent. Yeah, um, I'm really sorry if you want to say anything else, Jimmy, but we're going to have to wrap it up. Let's just go for it. Let's yeah. six, ga- six games to change our season. That's let's, it. No, let's it, fucking it, it, go for it. Yeah. Stop that, fucking playing Nugent. Stop playing Stockley. Stop playing future Binmen up front. Play your best <laughs> team. 
and we might have a chance of getting something. Right? It's that simple. Stop fucking messing about the team. Stop tinkering and let's just try and win a game of football. That last will be chance. very qu- last, last chance, chance to lose on Saturday. Hundred percent. Big time. Yeah. yeah, you've got to wait. We've had three games that we, we, we're all must-win games, right? Yeah. Including tonight, and we've fucked up every single one of them. So there's no more, no more chances, no more excuses, no more saying that. Ah, oh, you know what? I keep playing Scott Sinclair because he's doing. He's been our best attacking threat. No, play our best team. Play the team that's got us to sixth in the league and t- got us top in November. Out with it, and we might have a chance. I thought it's quite good having a having a post match pod because it actually makes me concentrate on the game. Yeah, right. Thanks very much, boys. No worries. Cheers. No, well, uh, no on Sunday. Yeah, we'll we'll be back on on Monday with another pod for you all. So yeah, keep the faith, as they say. The juice here. You're listening to from the Finney, and this is our single. Rip it up. Enjoy. Ah